intuitive eating. I really connected to this topic because it sits so perfectly parallel to our ethos when it comes to yoga at Virgin Active. Listening to Lindy describe intuitive eating, it just makes so much sense. How have we forgotten this innately human and personal practice when it comes to food? Lindy Cohen is a dietitian, nutritionist, author, podcast host, media personality, and someone who is real about her own journey, being obsessed with weight loss and hating her body, to now having an incredibly healthy relationship with food and herself. This is a must listen episode for anyone who eats. Here we are. Enjoy. Lindy Cohen, welcome to Virgin Active Minds. How are you? Oh, so good. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. I am very, very interested in our next topic, which is intuitive eating. I'm glad. I'll be honest, I don't really have much of an idea. I feel like maybe for me the last three years I I have been intuitive eating more out of, I guess I've been forced in a way, So, but uh, but I'm not sure. So I'm, I'm excited to explore it with you. I know it's a bit of a buzz thing out there, so I'm sure our listener has also maybe heard about it, maybe not, but yeah. There's some buzz around intuitive eating because when I first heard about intuitive eating, oh, it's about 10 years ago now, it was very much on the fringes, a very niche kind of concept that was coming through and emerging at the time. And I remember exactly where I was when I learned about intuitive eating. I was sitting on my bed. I still lived in my parents' house. The afternoon sun was kind of like shining in onto my bedspread, like some magical kind of force. And I was going through this book of it's all about helping diet to help teach people how to do intuitive eating. And I remember reading this and a light bulb moment. It was like, suddenly I was like, oh, this makes sense. This is the way I could be eating. And and what if this is the thing? This is what, <laughs> what if this changes everything? And you know what? It, it did. It, it did change everything for me. And so I'm feeling like I'm seeing intuitive eating is gaining momentum in amongst many of us. And I, and I hope this isn't just some trend. I mean, it's it clearly resonating with a lot of people just like it did with me because it doesn't require us to pay an external person to tell us how to eat. It doesn't require us to buy an expensive expensive membership somewhere. We don't need to have an app to tell us how to do it. All we need is our bodies and ourselves. And it's something that we innately have done from when we were very young. So intuitive eating, let's... Is it a diet? Is it a diet? Is it the... Hell no, it's not a diet. It's, it's kind of like the opposite of dieting. Like it's like if, if a diet tells you this is when you have to eat, intuitive eating is like, no, no, I'm good. I'm going to work out when I need to eat. Okay. Like how do we work out when we need to eat? That's kind of this crazy idea. So when you were young, when you're a little kid, you ate when you were hungry. And if if I fed you, try to feed you dinner as your mom and you were like, no, nah, I'm not hungry. You just wouldn't eat it at all. And you might snack when you wanted to snack and you and you kind of like maybe you'd push away your food when you weren't done your parents tell you you have to finish everything on your plate you're like no I'm good I'm, I'm fine as we become adults as we get nutrition the nutrition world tells us how we should be eating we get further and away from this innate ability to work at how much food we we need to eat and what food we need to eat and what intuitive eating is helping us get back to this innate intelligence and wisdom that our body has this 
idea that it's naturally going to help us regulate our weight. It's going to help us regulate how much energy we need to consume simply by helping us give us hunger. So hunger, the sole purpose of hunger is to tell us that we need more energy. It's like our own inbuilt system for helping us regulate energy. So if we need a little bit more of energy, it's going to go, hey, hunger is building. We're going to need to get some food soon. If we get ravenous, that's when we know okay, well, we're too hungry. Don't we really need to get energy. And if we feel like, okay, well, I ate too much during that meal. I feel quite full. Uh, you know, that's our body sign saying, hey, we probably ate a little bit more than we needed to this time. We know these things, right? We know that this is the way that hunger works. But what we've become is so tuned into nutrition world and all the rules that we've been given that we completely ignore this system. So I have people who are chronic yo-yo dieters who'll say to me, I don't even know what hunger feels like. I don't even know, like, how, how would I even start listening to my hunger? I, I'll, I'll, I'll get into that because that's really important. I want, I want to give you those practical tips in this podcast episode. But I think the first thing we need to address is talk about this idea of diet rules. And um, there are so many things that make it hard for us to actually just like eat when we're hungry and stop when we're feeling full. Like it's just not as simple as that. I wish it was, but it's not. So anything from like, okay, you have to finish everything on your plate. That's a perfect example, especially the boomer generation. They really got affected by this, by their parents saying there are kids in Africa who are starving and, you know, adding to the shame or their rules. Like you have to have breakfast. It's the most important meal of the day, which is an idea, a myth that was perpetuated by Kellogg company. And it was a marketing idea that's simply perpetuated and did really well. Or you have to have six small meals a day, or you have to eat every two to three hours because that's what keep your metabolism going. And this is in direct contrast to this idea of intuitive intermittent fasting, which is like, you're actually not meant to eat that often because that's better for you. And so we're, we've been, th been thrown myriad of different food rules that we need to subscribe to. And whether or not you subscribe to them, I think they linger in our minds about how much we should be eating, what we should be eating, when we should be eating it, all these little things that constantly competing so much so that we get to the point where we feel like I don't even know what the hell I'm meant to be eating anymore. Like I know so much about nutrition that I actually, it's all just too hard. It's too complicated. It's too confusing. I think it creates a sense of overwhelm. I think we tap out a little bit because it's a little bit too hard. Really what intuitive eating is helping us come back to that ground level and be like, okay, well, we're going to just simply wait until we feel hungry and that's the best time for us to eat. Some people, they eat intuitively and they find that actually they are frequent eaters. And some people find that, you know, maybe they need two meals a day. Maybe they just have a few snacks and, and that's what works for them. And I think this kind of marries into this idea that there isn't one way to be healthy. This is what the research confirms with us because you could get research that says intermittent fasting is amazing. You can get research that says you have to eat frequently. And what we really need to find is what works for us. And intuitive eating is going to be the way that you're going to work out what you need to eat, when you need to eat it. And it's just a really kind of easy thing because as I said, you don't need to have an app or anyone telling you how to do it. You simply need to tune into your already very smart body. There's so many parallels in hearing this that I am making or connections, parallels, whatever the right word is, with, with yoga, actually. You know, like, firstly, there's a level of understanding or self-connection, self-understanding, self-realization that comes with yoga, you know, as, as a tool of well-being, health, mindfulness, meditation. But also, I guess, part of our ethos at, with yoga at Virgin Active is about, you know, we really want our yoga students to build such an understanding of themselves that when they wake up that day, it's like, you know, we have three types of yoga and physically, energetically, they're very 
very different from each other. And ideally, you know, my ultimate goal is that our yoga students would wake up on a Wednesday morning and say, what do I need today? What does my body need? What does my heart need? What does my mind need? And therefore have the tools as well as that understanding of self and and understanding of self for Wednesday morning, not the self from yesterday or tomorrow or the ideal maybe self in the future, but to then be able to wake up that Wednesday morning and say, I need to flow today. That's what I truly need in this day when it comes to yoga. I need to flow. So these are, you know, I guess that's kind of the parallels that I'm seeing with intuitive eating as well. Is that kind of the, you know, is is that is that parallel right in in that sort of description is is the understanding of self and you know i guess that body mind connection is that is that potentially part of it you've nailed it that's exactly it's exactly what that is i think we've gotten is so disconnected from our bodies where like we have all these food rules that our brain is like trying to tell us what we should be eating you know i should i should eat this i should have this food what we're trying to do is go what what do i feel like eating what does my body need and part of intuitive eating a very key aspect of it is we're not going to diet and we're not going to demonize food as either good or bad and i think and part and adding to that is this idea that everything is allowed within intuitive eating. We don't create lists of forbidden foods or foods we need to avoid. We don't say things like, well, if you have dessert, you can only have this much. Because when we eat intuitively, what you're going to find is like, it's a bit like a kid who's like, who eats all their Halloween candy and they're like, oh, I feel, I feel really gross. Um, You don't feel your best when you don't eat healthy foods and you get that right balance. It's a bit like when you go away on holiday and you just eat whatever, you drink whatever and you come home and you're like, oh, I'm really craving some home cooked food. I'm craving more energy, more movement. I'm craving fresher, healthier stuff. When we're actually giving ourselves permission to eat what we want, I think we have this idea of I'm just going to go crazy. Like I'm just going to eat burgers and chips and stuff all the time. That's not the case. That's not what we end up seeing. What we end up seeing is that we're actually so much better at regulating and creating those, those little healthier habits because we might look at a a menu and instead of going which option has the lowest calories, we're going, A, what's going to satisfy me physically, my hunger right now? And how am I going to feel after I eat this? That's part of intuitive eating as well as like checking with the body. Am I going to feel great after I have the burger or do I really want to have that like the sandwich? What's going to make me feel good right now? And it's about trusting that you can, you know, you can have the burger at any time. You know, you can have chips, you can have ice cream, you can do all these things. And because you know and trust that these foods are not off limits, they lose their appeal a little bit. When we like creating these foods, these forbidden foods, they become highly interesting. There's a really interesting study that I talk about in my upcoming book, Your Weight is Not the Problem. I talk about this study that they did where they gave participants macaroni and cheese, just heaps of it. <laughs> they said, here's macaroni and cheese. And when you want more, we're going to give you more. <laughs> so basically, like give it like a, a, a macaroni and cheese that never really got empty. And so what they found is once, you know, this experiment went on for days, after a few days, people were like, Ugh macaroni and cheese. What was once at the beginning of the experiment, a really exciting, interesting food kind of lost its appeal. And I think this is what we do with with unhealthy foods currently in in the nutrition world. So we put them on a pedestal. They're so special. They're so amazing, incredible, blah, 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 the way we hype them up and we can't have them. So when we do have them, they create such an emotional response within us. They change the way our hormones are even reacting to these foods that they become highly palatable, highly interesting. And part of intuitive eating is, is knowing that these foods are 
are allowed. And because of that, they just become foods again. We don't feel triggered by them. We we're as happy to have an apple as we are to have chocolate because they are morally neutral. I, I just kind of want to dive into this this piece of research that was really interesting. It's called it's it's called the milkshake study. And what was really interesting is that the researchers they gave people a milkshake and they they mixed up like a big batch of this one milkshake. They split it into two and then to the one group they told them it was like a 300 calorie milkshake. They told the one group, this is the indulgent shake. This is 620 calories. They lied <laughs> and they gave it to them and they said, it's, it's full of fat. It's rich. It's creamy. They kind of like labeled it all these ways. And to the other group, they gave the 300 calorie shake, but this, to this group, they said, this is the sensi shake. This is a, a lean, low fat shake. This is really healthy for you. And what they found is they measured the participants who, who drank this, this drink, they drank, they found that those who they said that they had the sensi shake, their ghrelin response, and ghrelin is this hunger hormone, right? So ghrelin is so important in intuitive eating because it helps us tell us when we're hungry. And so the higher levels of ghrelin mean we're hungrier. And what they found is the people who were told that they had the indulgent shake, their ghrelin levels went down way more dramatically than the people who were told that they had the sensi shake, simply by being told that this was indulgent, that this was rich, that this was something delicious. We're anticipating deliciousness. So the the psychology of food is so powerful that it changes the way we're biologically reacting to the exact same food. Our hormonal response is different based on the perceptions we have around food. And this is this just goes to like show that when we're we're always labeling healthy food, healthy, lean, clean, low fat, all these low sugar kinds of things. And I don't know about you if you've ever done this, but I when back in my dieting days, I would get these diet chocolate mousses. And I swear I'd eat like all six of them in a pack because it did not emotionally satisfy me and it did not physically satisfy me. Nothing was satisfying about those things. And as a result, I ate all six of them. Whereas, you know, in part of intuitive eating is, is you know, we don't have this obsession of trying to find the healthier alternative to absolutely everything because sometimes only the real ice cream is going to really hit the spot. You eat the ice cream and you enjoy it. And it's like, you know, it's like, it's rich, it's creamy and it, it changes your ghrelin response and it changes how you feel about the food. So you don't keep thinking about ice cream after the fact that you've eaten it. Like that feeling goes away the craving dissipates which is so different from these this current trend of having these like you know only 300 calories in this entire tub of ice cream you can eat the whole thing and, and then you taste the ice cream you're like this doesn't it doesn't taste like ice cream and you could just imagine how this is affecting our hormonal response to these foods so what i'm saying here is so intuitive eating once we're kind of pulling back from this idea that there are good or bad foods we find that we don't go crazy around these foods that actually when we're including the full energy full fat less healthy options whatever we're actually self-regulating around them quite brilliantly because our body, it's in its interest for us to be healthy. Our body, when we let go of all the things we've been told about how we should and shouldn't be eating, our body wants us to be a weight that's good for us. It wants us to have energy. It wants us to sleep well. And if we get out of our minds about it and get back into our bodies, our body's going to try and help guide us to eat the right amount of food and the right types of foods to make us feel good. I say this story with absolute love for both my mum and my stepmom. If you're listening, I love you both, uh, and and I thank you so much. I there's it just hearing what you were saying, especially in regards to how we have access to and label certain foods. You know, growing up as a kid, and and still to today, I have I'm a sugar fiend, right? Like Mars bar, that rich chocolate, thick chocolate, all of that kind of stuff really speaks to me. Um, and I think about you know growing up, you know, the way that I grow up, you know, we were allowed to have these things maybe once a week. Uh, and it was kind of on that pedestal kind of thing. Like it was a special thing. It was a big thing. We can't have 
much of it, but you know, once a week we would get something. So, but then I, I also saw at my stepmother's house, you know, chocolate was on the coffee table all the time. And even as a young person, I would, I would see that. And like, I couldn't keep my hand out of that chocolate bowl when I was at my stepmom's house. So, but then what, what I had noticed was like, why aren't my sisters living with my stepmother? Why aren't they in the chocolate bowl all the time? And it's because they, it was always there and it was never off limits. So they just never ate it. And still to today, my sisters are just, they're not fussed on chocolate and sweets like that. But still for me today at 40, I'm like, give me all the Cadbury. Like, like it's still, a, it's still a thing. The limit does not exist. <laughs> yeah. There's honestly, isn't that interesting? It, and this is exactly it. And you know, I, I'm, I'm, big, I I often talk about how to raise kids who have a healthy relationship with food, because I think our generation, we were raised by boomers and boomers got hit so hard by like Jane Fonda generation and calories. And they were trying to teach us how to be healthy, but accidentally giving us a whole bunch of like strong, powerful, judgmental thoughts around food being really good or really bad. And we can't eat these foods. And they were trying their best as parents to do what they thought was best for us to, so we could be healthy and what they invertedly many of them did is they created these complicated relationships with food where we feel like as you as you beautifully explained that we feel a little bit crazy around these foods because they were never allowed and and so this is just a really great way to to demonstrate why we don't want to be demonizing food as good or bad and of course some foods are healthier for you than others that's like that is the case but i think once we once we stop yelling about that fact and we we just get into this feeling and go well how do i feel when i have a sandwich versus a burger, not which one is healthier for me, which one ticks the most boxes, but which one do I feel better of? We're going to come out naturally and say the sandwich like that, you know, every day that's the option that's going to make us feel better. Or maybe it's a salad for you or maybe whatever it is. But I think we need to stop thinking that we need to, you know, get obsessed about food and, and, and know absolutely everything. If anything, I think we know a little bit too much about nutrition. We hear about it too often. If I go through my newsfeed, it's like nutrition, nutrition, nutrition. Um, and like, <laughs> If there's one way to like feel crazy around food and to feel like you can't stop eating, it's to have food and nutrition coming up in your newsfeed and like every email you're getting is about food and how to eat less. But like all that's doing to you is making you think about food all the time, which is really unhelpful and counterproductive. So I also think there's a part of us that needs to kind of opt out of, you know, being told which is the better and the worst foods for us. We know we shouldn't eat too much sugar. We know too much salt isn't great for us. We should have less alcohol. You already know these things. Anything above and beyond is just making it overly complicated. And so with intuitive eating, it is, I want to kind of give you this really clear like strategy. Um, If you haven't heard of it before, it's called the hunger scale. And so the hunger scale for many of us who have like never done intuitive eating in our lives, it's a really handy way for us to be like, oh, how hungry am I? This is how hungry I am. So imagine a scale from zero to 10. Okay. Think of zero as being like totally empty, like the gauge of a car's petrol, right? We're empty. We don't have much energy. At this point, we're ravenously hungry. Oh my goodness, we're so hungry. Sometimes you're so hungry, you 
you like stop being hungry. <laughs> but I don't know about you, but I am like my worst self. I'm like, I'm like moody. I am angry. I'm, I'm so aggressive. Like, don't try to be my friend at that point. I'm impatient. Um, maybe there's like this really deep rumbling in your stomach, um, edginess, all these kinds of things. So we're getting those kinds of, that's, that's what zero feels like. And then on the other side of the spectrum, we have 10, which is like stuffed. You're full. You're so full. You feel sick. Your like stomach is distended. Like you feel like blah, like you're just not your best self. And then in the middle of the spectrum, we've got five and five is peckish. So what we want to try and be doing is waiting until we get hungry, which is about seven or an eight on the scale and eating until we feel comfortably full, which is around a two or three on the scale. Instead of doing these extreme jumps from allowing ourselves to get ravenously hungry, because when we're ravenously hungry, we're so much more likely to overeat or eat more than we need and end up becoming stuffed and feeling that sick feeling. And then, and then we, we do these huge pendulum swings. And what we want to be doing is being a little bit more in the middle. Part of that comes from knowing, well, okay, I can, I am happy to finish eating this meal because I know and trust any time I need more food, I can have more food. So even in, in an hour's time, I find that I am hungry again, I can eat. Diets, they tell us that we're not allowed to. They say, well, you can't eat now for four hours or you can't, you can only, this is your next meal and it's a really measly 150 calorie snack. So, you know, like part of you gets stressed already going, I know that's not really going to satisfy me and I don't feel satisfied now. So I need to try and eat a little bit more now. It can kind of make us feel a bit crazy. So intuitive eating is also knowing, all right, well, I can eat as much as I need to feel physically and emotionally satisfied once I finish eating. And I can do that only because I trust that there is more food whenever I need. If you feel like you're often eating past fullness, you're like, okay, I feel stuffed. And I often like, I know I didn't need to eat that much. One of the challenges might be that you don't feel like food is actually truly allowed whenever you need it. But it's like your sisters, they, they knew they could have chocolate. They knew they could have more. Therefore, when they got access to it, they're like, no, I'll just do it later. You know, whenever I feel like it, you did not have that sense. And so whenever you got access to it, you're like, I've got to get as much as I can while I can. And, 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 and that makes us feel crazy. So one of the things we can start doing is start practicing using the hunger scale. So zero to 10 to try and go, hmm, how hungry am I right now? So Mark, my question to you is using the hunger scale, how hungry are you right now? I'm five is peckish. Yeah, look, I'm probably, a th I'm probably a three or a four. Mm, so comfortably, food is not a really on your mind. You're, you're satiated. You're just, it's a non-issue. That's a great place to be. That's nice. And so this is the kind of thing that ideally we do before every time we eat where we just like, and it's not a big deal. It's not like, oh, how hungry am I? You just, you intuitively are naturally going to go, hmm, am I hungry? Okay. And in the beginning, you're going to go try to rate yourself on the hunger scale because you're a useful tool. But as you kind of go on, you'll kind of forget that and you'll just innately know how hungry you are. And then after we finish a meal, we kind of want to go, well, how hungry am I now? We get so obsessed by what we're allowed to eat, but I'm much more interested in why and how we eat. And all these kind of situations, like, are we watching TV while we're eating? One of the things we end up doing so often is we condition ourselves that, you know, after dinner, we flick on the TV, turn on our favorite show. And it's like instantaneously, we're like, oh, I could have a snack right about now. We know we're not hungry, but we have conditioned ourselves to eat at that time. Like Pavlov's dogs who hear a bell ringing and then they run to go and get that food. We have become Pavlov's dogs with our TV remote. And so we maybe need to focus less on what and how much we're allowed to eat and focusing more on where we're eating, how we're eating it and why we're eating it. I think we'll be so much better off if we, if we are doing those things. You know, and the interesting thing is that I'm at the office today and it is actually lunchtime. So I guess traditionally 
without doing that little check, right? I just checked myself now and I'm a three or a four. I'm not even peckish. If there was nuts here, I probably would. I'm like, no, actually I don't. When I really think about it, I actually don't need those nuts right now. But because it is right now, quarter past 12 and I'm at the office, I would be leaving this conversation to go and have lunch. But now sitting here, I'm like, actually, do I? But the, the weird conundrum in my mind is like, no, but it's lunchtime and every, everyone's going to go. Everyone in this area is going to go out and eat at lunchtime. Like, wouldn't it be weird if I went out at four o'clock to eat lunch? Like that's that feels really strange. Yeah. So, OK, so with intuitive eating, the one idea is to kind of acknowledge when this is happening and be like, listen, no, it's it's a typical meal time. And often we eat just because it's like, well, this is when everyone else is eating, even though we're not hungry or we eat preemptively because we're like, oh, I don't want to get hungry. And I know I'm like, I've got two hour meeting and I need to eat now. Otherwise I might get hungry. So we do a lot of that and we do boredom eating as well. So we have often these things happen. But as you get you know, practiced with intuitive eating. What you're going to naturally find is like, let's say you had like family dinner. You're like, listen, it's 6 p.m. My family sit down for dinner and I would like to be able to be hungry at that time to do that. What we can do is we can kind of just like tweak around a few little things so that you are actually hungry by that time. Maybe you're having a huge meal at 4 p.m. because you got ravenously hungry by that point so that you're not hungry by 6 p.m. So then we just make a few tweaks, make sure you're like eating a little bit earlier in the day or adjusting what you're eating so that you are actually hungry by 5 or 6 p.m. And so intuitive eating Yes, it's intuitive. We're going to listen to our body, but there are a few things we can kind of do so that we're kind of, we need to, we're social creatures. I think sharing food with others is so essential for our well being and our health. So we're not going to say, okay, well, we just eat like at random times of the day. We find a little bit of a routine around it. And what we find, I think, with hunger, I think we have this idea that hunger is going to like come out of nowhere, like it's going to attack us. <laughs> People are like, why am I going to eat now? <laughs> um, and dieters, especially, we're, we're particularly like that because we're like, hey, well, I, I know what it's like to be hungry and I don't. Don't want that feeling so we eat preemptively um but hunger is actually quite predictive of course there are changes throughout the days and the weeks so you know for women like the week before your period you're probably going to be ravenously hungry um, let's say you had a really shonky night's sleep you may be hungrier than usual some days you're going to find i'm actually just not as hungry as i usually am so the ebbs and flows throughout the month however there's going to be general flows you're going to find listen on weekends i wake up a little bit later i don't get hungry till 12 and that's when i have my first meal and that's cool and i and i want to be able to tell you that that is fine that you can eat like that i just before I know we're gonna to have to wrap up soon but one of the things I just want to tell you as well like one of the big mistakes people make so often is they're like okay well I I went out last night I ate too much I shouldn't have eaten all that food so tomorrow I'm gonna to wake up and I'm gonna be good which basically means I'm not gonna really eat that much I'm gonna eat as little as I possibly can and then they get you know overly ravenous by the afternoon and they end up binge eating the cycle repeats they lie in bed like going why did I do that and then every single day turns out to be the same thing we want to try and break that and, and so intuitive eating is such a good solution for this and so so we wake up, let's say we ate more than we wanted to. We don't go, we don't have a strategy for what we need to eat. Like you said with the yogi, we wake up and we go, hmm, am I hungry right now? What would make me feel good? And we might wait to eat. We might have something to eat just then. But I think all this kind of like trying to be good nonsense is creating a whole lot more issues. And, you know, let's say your body did get a lot of energy last night. It probably doesn't need as much energy. You might find you're naturally just not that hungry. And so instead of being in our head about what we should and shouldn't be eating, tuning into our body and being like, how much energy do I need to feel good right now? That's all we need to be doing. So intuitive eating is a way to simplify things about becoming more in tune with our bodies. It is a way to eat more in accordance with how much energy we actually burn much more accurately than any kind of you know diet guru is going to claim that they can help you do. And I just think it's a really relaxing way 
to live with freedom without being obsessed around food. And if you haven't, I'd like you to give it a go. It's it, it's it's free to do. You can do it right now. You can do it for the rest of the day. And just for a week, one of the things that you can start doing is just start checking in with yourself for the next week and simply becoming aware of that non-hungry eating that's already like, well done, my friend, you're killing it. You're doing really well. But it's just by doing that one thing alone. And it's truly personal, right? Like it's truly, truly, truly the most personal way to eat because even, you know, sitting down with someone that understands your whole life, you know, they, they can't feel for you. Right. And that's what I, I really love, you know, that, that really, you know, that, that, that really landed for me, right? Like that, that hunger, um, scale, just exploring that for myself right now, that, that really shifted something in my mind to say, actually, despite it being lunchtime, I don't need to eat right now. That that's a truly personal thing based on Mark Sito and my sensations in this moment. And no one else can really give that to me. Mark, and I got to tell you, intuitive eating, the longer you practice it, the better it gets. <laughs> when you go, this feels so good. Unlike diets that are so hard to, you know, maintain, intuitive eating just gets easier and easier. And we are biologically all different as well, right? Like there, we already know that there's no one diet is going to work for everyone. We already know that most people fail with diets and they're not sustainable. So yeah, and, I just... And in different times of your life, what you need to eat is going to alter you know, let's say you're, you know, a few years ago when you're lifting a lot of weights and, and really active at the gym, your energy requirements are very different from what you might be feeling now. And it's also really different from, you know, let's say you've just given birth, have given birth and you're like, I'm, I'm I like my mouth, like the Sahara Desert. I am so thirsty. I could eat so much. And so that's because when you, when you give birth and you're breastfeeding, you have such higher energy um, needs than, than any other time in your life. So this way is really just helping us evolve through the seasons of our life and so it's helping us all individually find the right healthy eating approach for ourselves because we know there's not one size that fits all and but intuitive eating is something that can be applied to many people it's more of an approach than a diet i absolutely love it I absolutely love it. And I think especially coming from a yogic sense, the more that we understand ourselves, whether that's through yoga or through the way that we eat, through intuitive eating, you know, that that's only good and right steps towards a much more whole and balanced human being. Lindy, thank you so much. I am stoked with this idea, this this uh, topic, and I can't wait to explore more. So if a listener wants to explore more, where can they find you? Where can they find your new book? Tell us. Oh, I mean, I would love to help you more with intuitive eating. Uh, I, in fact, I, it, as I said, it changed my life so much that I, I want to be able to share it with as many people as I can. And so I've written all about it in my new book, Your Weight is Not the Problem, which is now available. And in the book, I give you the hunger scale. And when you when you get the book, I also send you some downloads. And so you can kind of get digital versions of the hunger scale. So you can kind of use it and refer back to it whenever you need. And I'd love you to check out Your Weight is Not the Problem. It's a no diet plan for healthy habits that actually stick. And of course, you can find me on Instagram at nude underscore nutritionist or lindycohen.com. I'd love you to come say hi. I'd love you to start practicing intuitive eating. Ah, once you learn about it, you can't really go back. Fantastic. Lindy, thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to maybe chatting to you again soon sometime. Thanks, Mark. If nothing has worked for you before or what you're doing you know isn't sustainable for the rest of your life, then let's try intuitive eating. Become accustomed to asking yourself where you sit 
on the hunger scale. Build a relationship with your own intuition and intelligence. If you love this episode, then please hit subscribe, tell a friend and give us a rating. Until next time, bye for now.